0: Hey everyone, it's Shelby. Welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I'm joined today by Emily Lee, the founder of Beauty Pro Media and the Beauty Pro Box. She's been in the beauty industry since 2011, and so she joined the lash industry pretty early on in the game, so she's definitely an OG. She's really helped advance the lash competition industry specifically, and she's also helped to bring awareness to standards and regulations within our industry as a whole. If you guys are listening today, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio and Beauty Pro Media on Instagram and let us know. And without further ado, here is Emily. Okay, Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to finally have you on here. And I know we have a lot to talk about. So I want to just start with how you got into the lash industry. I know you've been in it for a really long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, my origin story. Let's start from the beginning then. I've been an esthetician since 2001. And so I did skincare and nails and things like that. I actually started because I love doing nails, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like Mariah Carey's nail girl but you know (laughs) we all know that how that panned out it didn't Mm -hmm. so a few years in my sister told me oh I'm gonna go get my lashes extensions done you should totally come and check it out and watch what they do and maybe you can start offering it too so I went with her to her appointment and I was totally upfront about it to the girl that was doing her lashes and I was like oh you know I'm an esthetician and I just kind of want to watch and see what you're doing and she was totally cool about it and back then this was in 2009 Mm -hmm. so I mean lashes were still fairly new but there were only a few big companies that were training at that point so after her appointment like I was I fell in love with the instant gratification Mm -hmm. it was just such a, a nice result and I mean, looking back now, they were like 0.20s or 0.25s. And they, they actually didn't look that nice. But I mean, the girl that did them did the best with the material she had at the time. Mm-hmm. So shortly after that, I started researching and I took my first training and I was just in love. I thought I was the bomb. And now when I look at look back at those photos, I just cringe. And I'm like, I did that to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> It was terrible. It was the worst. <laughs> it's funny because in some of the groups I, I see some people posted like, oh, this is my first set. And it took me three hours and their work is so much nicer than yeah. how mine was the, when I first started. Mm-hmm. Like I just like I die a little bit inside, but then I just laugh about it because <laughs> that just means that training is getting better and better, yes. which which I'm grateful for. So so I was doing that for a while. I took several classes. And back in 2013, we started hearing about this, what is this Russian volume thing that's happening? And I took the second class that was available in Canada. So this was one of the first classes in all of North America for Russian volume. It was taught by Irina Levchuk. And I I was like, mind blown. This was just like a whole new world of lashes for me because I have a lot of clientele who have sparse lashes mm-hmm. and with classic I mean it does make a big difference already but you're limited to the lashes that they have right. but now with volume it you can give them more lashes than they actually have so it was so amazing so it wasn't just the technique that changed my life but the people that I met led to meeting other people this was around the time when the Facebook groups started happening. Mm-hmm. So that really, I felt, brought communities together. Now people who wouldn't normally be friends were able to communicate and we were able to share more tips and tricks and things like that and just spread more education than we ever could before. So from stemming from that first volume class, the people I met there led to other people I met, led to other people I met led to my meeting the people who were organizing Lash Wars and I got involved with that and because okay so back up a little bit yeah. when I was doing nails I was I competed and I, I was you know I was never really that good at nails let's be real Uh, like I I was okay, but it would take me a long time. And nobody wants to sit there getting their nails done for three hours with cereal. Right. Mm. So I had experience with competitions and when they were organizing Lash wars, neither of the NISA founders had experience with any competitions. So I, I was like, look, I have some experience. Like I wouldn't say that I'm an expert on them at the time, but I have some experience with competitions. How can I help? Mm. And that was the first North American live competition. And it really, like, I don't want to say it opened doors for me, but it it helped me meet so many more people internationally that I wouldn't have met. And all of those steps brought me to where I am today. But, like, there's a lot of stuff in between that yeah. I'm kind of skipping out. But that's also one of the reasons why I love competition so much is because it really brings people together. And it is, some people don't believe it, but it is a form of education yeah. and professional development. And I don't train, like I don't I don't teach lashes, and I don't have any desire to, mm-hmm. but I do like to educate. So this is my platform for educating people because it starts conversations. Why do, in the rules, you say you have to wear gloves? Why is isolation worth so many points? Why do I have to wear a mask? All those things I can put in the rules, and it just holds people to a higher standard. So that's my platform to educate people is by doing competition.
0: Absolutely. And I know that Lash Wars is no longer a thing. Do you happen to know, or can you speak on why it's not around anymore?
1: Well, we did it for three years, three mm-hmm. seasons, mm-hmm. and I think it was just uh for me, I don't know what happened after I left, but for me, I just wanted to expand what like I wanted a little bit more control yeah. over over my projects, so that was the reason I left. so I'm not sure whether mm-hmm. or not they will be continuing now, but I know they didn't have one last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really not sure. I really hope that they do pick it back up or somebody does some, maybe I'll do something. I don't know, because I feel like it did leave a hole in the industry yeah. where Lash Wars used to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like
1: I've met so many people from Lash Wars and I had such a great experience with them. So I really do hope that there is something to kind of take over what they left mm-hmm. or if they start up again. I'm completely supportive of that as well,
0: yeah, and for those people that aren't into competitions yet and haven't competed at all or really looked into it, do you have any advice for someone who's maybe a little scared to try or not sure what like where to look oh i have I have so much advice <laughs> I could probably write a book on it, but i mean
1: the the main advice I have is you need to see it as an educational tool yeah. and not as oh, look how good I am. Because it's not like, or or at least the competitions that I produce are not about show me how good you are. In what ways would you say that it's educational? Uh, Well, I can only speak on the ones that I have ever judged or the ones that I've directed. And you get the feedback from your judges. You don't get them in person. They're talking to you about it, but you get your score sheet. And on your score sheet, they usually write notes like you need to go a little bit closer to the eyelid or your transition is beautiful, but you need to use shorter lengths. You know, the judges Mm -hmm. really get into the, the nitty gritty and give you all the details on how to improve. So that in itself is educational, but also on a personal level, because you're challenging yourself. And you're stepping out of your comfort zone to do something exciting and a little bit scary. And I know a lot of people are scared, but it's funny because I was just talking to somebody today who wants to compete, but she said she's like terrified. And I said, well, think of it this way. You're either going to win or you're going to learn how to win next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what's the worst? What's the worst that's going to happen?
0: You're not going to die. Right. That's true. So you said that the, like, getting involved with Lash Wars and some of the people that you've met, like, along the way have kind of led to other opportunities and collaborations and stuff. Can you talk a little bit about those things? Absolutely. So because of Lash Wars,
1: Lash Wars was an international competition. The one, there is one that I'm doing this year and I did last last year that was mostly Canadian. So A lot of the times I'm inviting Canadian judges or U.S. judges, but with last Tours, it was very international. So when I'm inviting different people to come judge different trainers, I get to meet them and get to know them as people. Mm -hmm. And it helped me to form relationships with people all around the world internationally. And it also led to my being invited to competitions internationally as well. And in that, I met a lot of people who, you know, are distribution companies or they're trainers. And I got to know a lot of different worldwide techniques. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in Russia, they do finger roll a lot. I'm not saying everyone does, but mm-hmm. a lot of people teach to do the finger roll technique, whereas in North America, it's not as popular. So it right. really brought, it broadened my understanding of, eyelash extension techniques and products and what's popular in one area might not be popular in another area. Mm -hmm. So in that, I mentioned before that I don't train and I don't want to train. I also don't distribute products and I have no desire to do that at all either. But I I realized uh, when I was judging a competition in Moscow that people were always asking me, oh, what products are you using? Or what training do you want to take? Because I also attended a lot of training. And I'm I'm kind of like the ultimate consumer. I love to try new things. And I love to take all the classes. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, I started talking about if people were asking, hey, what class should I take? I would pipe up and say, hey, I took this person's class and, you know, this was really good, but I also took this person's class and I enjoyed this, this and this about it too. What do you hope to accomplish by taking a class? Maybe that can help you decide whose class to take. Mm -hmm. So people started asking me, you know, what products are you using? What course should I take next? And when I was in Moscow judging a competition, I had this light bulb moment like, hey, people are always asking me because. I tell the truth, I don't work for any of these companies. So I'm just giving them information, like real honest information. Right. So why not make this into videos so that I don't have to keep repeating myself? And that's kind of where I had the idea for Beauty Pro Media, which is my my website that is just free, a free resource for professionals. And I just talk about products that I like and i go to events and i do like a journalistic report on it it's it's not biased at all it's just like here's my experience with this and i also talk about different brands like say i just posted one about the nala president levi shepherd and it's kind of like her brand story Mm -hmm. so i just like promoting other people i don't i don't like being like oh look at me buy my stuff i like to be able to say. Hey, like, look at what Shelby's doing. She's doing something great. You should go and check her out and follow her. <laughs> hey, look what Levi's doing. Isn't that awesome? You guys should go and check her out. I prefer doing that, so that's where yeah. the idea for Beautiful Media came along. And it seems like people like it because yeah. I'm 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 a third party. You yes. know, I'm not I'm not an ambassador. I'm not a trainer for these companies. I'm not an employee. I'm just me, and these are my real opinions and uh, a couple of my core values are integrity and authenticity. So I just want to, like, if I love something, I just want to tell everybody Mm -hmm. and it's free information. So people really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that makes people like extremely comfortable around you just because they know you're not trying to sell them something. And I hope so. Yeah. I think it's really great. Like being neutral. I try to do that with the show as well. And I, it, I feel like it's great to represent like a single company and everything. I'm not knocking people who do that, but yeah. I think the people like even Sandra with Flash 411 like just kind of the people that are neutral and just like honestly have a passion for helping others and lifting other people up. I think it's really respectable. So, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think so too. And you don't always have to be like, hey, well, of course you're going to tell me it's great because you work for the company. Oh, of course, because you're an ambassador for the right. company And and there's nothing wrong with being an ambassador, and there's nothing wrong with loving the product you sell. It's just not my cup of tea.
0: Yeah, actually. So I know that that has led you to your latest project, which is the the subscription box. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for
1: asking. Mm -hmm. So with beautiful Media, as I mentioned, it's a lot of like, oh my God, look at this product. I love it. You need to go and buy it, right? And as mentioned earlier, I've met a lot of people who distribute products from overseas so like in UK there's a few of them and you know in Italy there's one and in Poland there's one and they all have really great products but a lot of my audience is in North America and a lot of people are hesitant to order from overseas if they don't know they love the product already mm-hmm. so it's it's one thing for me to say hey I love it and it might pique their interest and they might be like, Oh, I want to order. I want to order. But then a lot of times I notice that some people will still order, but some people will kind of be hesitant to pull the trigger because, you know, it's overseas, they have to pay extra shipping. And they're, I mean, I say I love the product, but products are very subjective. Mm-hmm. So just just because I love something in my environment, it doesn't mean you will in yours. So it's still a little bit of a risk. So I realized that that was a little bit of a hole in the industry. Like it, it is enough for some people to be like, oh, Emily loves this product. I'm going to try it. But for some people, they're like, yeah, but I kind of want to try it and get my hands on it first before committing to like a minimum order and paying mm-hmm. shipping and because most people aren't going to order overseas for one adhesive. You know, so so I realized that that was a little bit of a hole. And I was like, that's where I had my light bulb moment. I was like, I need to figure out how to get these people to actually try the product. So I was like, hey, a subscription box. If they subscribe to my subscription box, then they get a whole bunch of stuff that they can try. And then it kind of bridges the gap. It's like, hey, my name is Emily. I love this product. Now you try it here. Mm -hmm. Have one. And then they can try it. And then they know they love it. So they're not as hesitant to place that overseas order. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think it's cool because everyone's ordering product every month anyways. And you're already spending that money. And the value that you're getting in the box is much more than what they're paying. I think it's a brilliant idea. I actually wanted so badly to do a subscription box for lashes. (laughs) I never did it, but it's a great idea. But I think, yeah, you're killing it. And I love the concept. So thank oh you. Thank you. Like, it,
1: it's not an original idea. Like, I didn't make up. I didn't invent subscription boxes. Right. I just thought it was a good fit for my situation because yes. I'm already being a third party. And I know I don't want to distribute. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would rather just support my friends. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I personally love discovering new products so I feel like there's got to be more people like me out there that just love to try new things and they love to receive like a surprise in the mail (laughs) like it's it's not every month but it's every three months we've only had uh one box so far Mm -hmm. the winter box and we had really good reactions to it because it it costs like the most somebody would pay for it not including shipping is seventy five dollars Canadian, but the box was valued at almost four hundred and fifty dollars Canadian. Oh so I feel like they got a really good deal. especially like you know, I wanted to make the first box really special too, because these are the people that you know when when you have when you start a project and you have those very first people that believe in you, it it creates a special bond. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure when you started your podcast too, the, your very first followers and subscribers <laughs> didn't it just really like touch your heart in a way that you've yeah. never experienced yeah for yeah, sure. yeah it, it's it's amazing and so I really wanted to make I'm not saying that the next boxes won't be as good but I did put, put something a little bit extra in there that nobody else will be getting so so, so that was kind of cool
0: yeah yeah and and I just thought of something for someone who, you know, is purchasing these boxes and maybe wants to do something a little bit different that people aren't doing that often. I don't see a lot of people putting out reviews. There's very few people that write reviews on products, but that would be a really cool way to like jumpstart something like that where on your page or on your story, you could say, hey, there's this new product that um, I just received and I'm testing it out do you guys want to hear the thoughts on it and that would be a cool way to engage with followers too so I don't know just an idea mm-hmm. for someone yeah yeah that's a great idea well for
1: for the vendors of the beauty pro box they get a video it's not like a review video it depends on which tier so as a subscriber you pay for the box and then you get the box every three months if you subscribe to like there's two ways to subscribe you can just order one box Mm-hmm. And then that means that means every time I release a box, you have to order again, or you can subscribe and it's a minimum of four boxes. So for a whole year, kind of like mm-hmm. if you were subscribing to a magazine, yeah. and and it'll just auto bill you every three months until you cancel, but you have to have at least four first before you cancel. Mm. So for the subscriber experience, that's all you have to do. And I send out videos as well for to show you how to use the products, So that, yeah, so that goes into their inbox, but I also post it into my Facebook group and I post the link, it's like everywhere. It's on my Instagram, it's on YouTube. But as a vendor, I've kind of modeled it like if you are sponsoring an event. So most people understand that if someone's putting on an event, like say I was doing a conference, I need sponsors because you need money to rent the space and you know, get the food and all the stuff that all the expenses that you have. Mm -hmm. So I have modeled my beauty pro box kind of like it would be if you were sponsoring an event, only the event is the shipment of the beauty pro box, but you're still getting all the marketing as a vendor that you would get if you were sponsoring an event. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So because I feel like the lash industry is still so new that a lot of People And there's, like, I don't mean to offend anyone, but a lot of times when people are doing things, they're just like, they have an idea and they're like, hey, I just want to do this. And their mindset is, oh, I'm lucky if people want to give me things. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm lucky mm-hmm. if someone wants to donate something. But for me, this is more of a marketing thing for a company. It's, it's you're not donating a product to me, you are investing in marketing, in your marketing for your brand this year. And part of the reason I came up with that is because when I went to judge competitions, a lot of times the sponsors would be asked to submit prizes or items in the goodie bags. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times some, some of the judges receive the goodie bags too. And sometimes I'll look in the bag and I'm like, what am I going to do with a tray of J curl (laughs) 0.25 in a 14 millimeter? Like it's just one tray. Of, it's basically, you're giving me your garbage, yeah, like and and the way I see it is if you want to participate in a subscription box, you want to wow the customer. you don't want to give them your garbage that doesn't sell. yeah, like you want you want to be giving me your best sellers so that they will love your product and reorder. So I think. Some people still have that mindset that, oh, I think, OK, fine, I'll I'll do beauty pro box. I'm going to donate, you know, just this. But but no, it's, it's not a donation. This is an investment.
0: Yeah, you you can't just rotate your stock. You need to actually give me your best sellers. Yeah, because then you're so, you're giving people boxes that are actually valuable, not just because if they're giving exactly. you their trash, then your boxes are going to be trash, too.
1: Exactly. And I'm nobody's paying $75 for a box of garbage. Yeah, like let's be real. So so like, like I said before, I'm the ultimate consumer. So I designed this the way like, what would I want as a subscriber? So in my vendor agreement, like I have a very long, like two or three page vendor agreement where they agree to X, Y, Z. And there's a lot of terms like you can't give me one tray of 14 millimeter, 0.25 J curls, because that's just not going to fly. Like I actually have those written in the contract so that people understand what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. But I also do my best to make it worth it for the vendor as well. Like I said, there's different tiers and in the highest tier that they can, they can, in the highest tier that they can join in on, it includes a product review on one of their products. Oh, cool. So, so that means that I choose one product I choose because I just pick whichever product that I like the best out of what they submit. And if the, if I love the product, then I do a review on it. If I don't love the product, I don't do a review because, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want to do a negative review, Yeah, but, but I also give them feedback on like, Hey, maybe you should consider changing this, this, and this mm-hmm. because I, I want to. I want to work with companies. I want to love their products, right? Right. So the people who participate in the highest tier, they do get a product review as well, but it is a little bit conditional. I have to love it because I don't want to be forced to promote something
0: I don't love. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, because it's authenticity, right? You Mm can't, you can't. And then people are going to try it and they're going to be like, Yo, what's Emily talking about? This is garbage. (laughs) Like now I don't trust her. Right. You can't, you can't
0: do that. Yep. So I want to talk about something. This is a little bit off topic, but one of the things you said kind of made it pop in my head. I remember you Uh in Facebook forums, like for years now, you're, you're one of the people that people call upon, like to give your two cents. Uh (laughs) Um, so I remember like, on multiple occasions, you would be one of the few people that are saying things that need to be said that many people aren't saying. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was one in particular, don't ask me how long ago this was, but it was probably like four years ago. And that's crazy. But somebody asked something about like, how do you do Asian eyes? And you were like, I don't understand the Uh question. And I was like, yes, I love that. And I I feel like more and more now people are like, being more, I guess, PC and just saying like lid, which is what they need to be saying, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? I love that you remember that from <laughs> so long ago. I know.
1: I, you know what? It's, I, and I love that you noticed me mm-hmm. because a lot of times, you know, I, I participate in these forums and I'm like, you know what? I'm just putting my two cents in, but probably no one even reads it. Like you don't know. Yeah. Because you're just typing it in your, in your little box and and you don't know who reads it and who gets affected by it i do try my best not to be offensive but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that i won't be honest like i I try very hard to be diplomatic in my bitchiness Mm -hmm. if if that makes sense yeah like i'm not trying to be a bitch but if that's how you take it then that's on you like I'm not trying to offend you but if you're putting that kind of tone on my message I try to be as neutral as I can is what I'm saying so but but people still think I'm a bitch and that's fine I I don't get offended about anything so people want to think that about me that's okay I I kind of embrace it but I still feel that way I do feel like people are like you notice people are being a little bit more PC and it's not even about being PC though it's about dude, that's the same as me asking what is the best curl to use on a Caucasian eye. That doesn't tell me anything. I can't help you if I don't know what the issue is. Is it because her lashes are downward pointing? Are they straight? Are they short? Are they sparse? Is it because she has a monolid? Is it because she has a hooded eyelid? I can't help you if you're not clear with your question.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: just Just like when people say what's the best curl to use on a guy. Well, what does he want? Yep. What Um, look is he going for?
0: Yeah. And there's other things where there's debates about not even debates or just like questions, the same things getting asked all of the time, which is fine. I get like some people weren't in the group or whatever before. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I feel like there's a lot of stuff about like people giving advice, like medical advice sometimes and or just <laughs> bad advice. And yeah. I don't know. So what are some of the things that you see and you want to see less of or more of on those forums?
1: I, I want to see less of people giving medical advice. <laughs> I really do. I think, I think just from this line of questioning, me and you have the same opinions on a lot of things.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I would love to see people being more open-minded because there was a time that I used point two fives and I didn't think it was a problem. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure there are still people out there that do, but be open-minded. There was a time when I didn't know to wash the lashes after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that's not a must now, but it's actually a really good thing to do. There was a time when I didn't do much for prep. There was a time, like I said, when I was using like just these terrible, heavy, disgusting, thick lashes. And when you know better, you do better. So just be open-minded that... Maybe you don't know everything. Maybe there is more things to learn. So I would just love to see people get less offended when people are trying to educate them and just be open minded. Same with infection control. That's something that I'm really, really passionate about. And people are always like, Oh, well, you shouldn't have to do this. No, you know what? It's not required that I sterilize my tools, but I do because I want to be above the Mm standard. But it
0: doesn't
1: it doesn't hurt the industry for me to be above the standard. But what does hurt the industry is if you're trying to discourage people from doing it just because it's not required. So it's not required for me to wear gloves, but I do it because I want to. Mm -hmm. So why are you why are you discouraging me from doing it? Yeah. So I just wish people would be a little bit more open minded.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've said before on the show, like I used to sometimes type out a long response to people about something that I felt passionate about and then I would delete Uh it because I didn't want to get involved. And now more and more, I don't, it depends on the day, but I'll engage more and say my opinion. And sometimes it comes across like, um, kind of how you were saying, like a little bitchy, but, um, I'm really just tired of, for me, what I'm passionate about is like, uh, I guess, like solo artists versus people who work in a salon versus salon mm-hmm. owners, like there's this huge debate about like how salon owners are just like laughing to the bank and taking all of the money that oh. like, like if you're making 40 percent or 50 percent, the salon owners just raking in the other part of that, you know, and yeah. I have two, because yeah. because there's no overhead, right? Yeah, God, it's so annoying and so like with my two salons, like I've I've lived it. I've lived it with one, and now with two, I have been a mobile artist. I have been like, I've rented a suite. I've worked from home. I've done every single piece of it, and I and I mm-hmm. feel so strongly about you know just educating yourself and doing the math. Like if you work yeah. for yourself, that's great, but the trade off for that is not. I don't know. I just feel like some people have just these realistic expectations or or they think maybe they are making a certain amount per hour, but it's yeah, like in that hour you might have made that amount type of thing. And I don't know. So yeah. I'm getting off topic, but basically No, no, that's
1: okay. <laughs> I, I think that's something that will always happen though, because yeah. people with employment mentality will never understand like boss mentality. You yeah know what I mean and it's nothing it's nothing against one or one or the other group. It's just they have not been through it, so they don't understand. It's kind of going back to competitions because I've directed quite a few competitions. And one thing that I hear sometimes backlash about is, oh, why are they charging so much for entry when, you know, it didn't cost them that much to do this, this and that. And I'm like, okay, why don't you put one on then? And then you can Find out how much it actually costs to put some of these things on. Like yeah. the the money from entry barely pays for anything. That's why we need sponsors too. Like right. you, <laughs> we're we're not lining our pockets with hundred dollar bills with your entry money. Right. I mean, it it helps. It helps that we charge for entry. I would never do one for free because I would have to be paying out of my butt to pay for everything. Yeah. But I think people will always be like that. Like they just won't understand the other side until they try to do it or unless they have a discussion with someone who has done it before. Then right. maybe if they, if they're open minded, then they'll understand that, oh, you know, I never thought about that. Oh, I didn't think that um registering your name cost three
0: thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. A yeah. website costs how much? Like you don't <laughs> think about these yeah. And sometimes it's kind of like, you know, if you feel like your boss is, you know, taking so much money from you, then go off on your own. Like, why aren't you doing that? Go, you know, which
1: a lot of people do. A lot of people do. And then they quickly realize, realize mm-hmm. oh, oh, I have to do my own accounting now. Mm-hmm. I have to do my own marketing now. Like there's a lot. I have to order my own product.
0: Right. You
1: mean, you mean I'm not just going to get walk-ins into my house because, yeah. because I'm not at a commercial space anymore. Like, the clients aren't just going to be fed to me from someone else's overflow. I have to, I have to take care of all the stuff. Myself. I have to be the receptionist, the the cleaner, and the accounts receivable, accounts payable. I have to do all of that now. People don't get it yeah. until they try it, until they try
0: it. And then they understand after that. Yeah, for sure. So there's two questions that I always ask every guest, yes. or I try to. Yep. And I really want to know what is a failure or a perceived failure that you went through and it was kind of like a blessing in disguise.
1: Okay, so I have to choose one. One
0: failure. <laughs> or or <laughs> um, many, whichever.
1: That's that's another thing about entrepreneurship that people who are employees don't understand is that there are a lot of failures. Yes. But failures don't have to be a bad thing. That's something that I'm really trying to learn more, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So what mostly comes into mind is something that's still kind of happening now like as i mentioned before beauty pro media the concept of it was born in moscow but it was like a few years ago but i didn't really take it very far at the time it was more of like oh this is something i can do as a hobby and then eventually i'll you know when you're like oh someday i'll put more time into it someday Mm -hmm. i'll do this and then and then like nothing ever gets done so A couple of years ago, I started getting like small rashes on my body. Like I would just get, it was weird because at first it would be like, I would get a mosquito bite and then it would swell up and then it would turn into hives. And then I'm like, Oh, I must be just really allergic to mosquitoes or something. And then it would go away after a few months and then something else would happen, like another bite. And then it would turn into another rash, but somewhere else. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, it started sporadically like that. And then one day the rashes were like spreading. So this was, I'm not saying that this all happened in one day. This happened over like probably a few years of not taking care of myself. And so I had all these rashes now and I was like, Oh my God, what's going on? Like, this is really uncomfortable. They were really itchy and painful. And I was spending like thousands of dollars on medical treatments, like in the span of a few months. And like, I was just, you know, just, throwing everything I could at it to get rid of these rashes and I went to see a naturopath and she said you know this is this looks like it's um autoimmune so that means it could be a lot of things happening it's not one thing but you know in your job you are exposed to a lot of chemicals mm-hmm. and stress and food sensitivities and you know and 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 there's like so many variables and so there, there were days where I couldn't put on pants. Like I couldn't wear clothes because the rashes, I would, you know, scratch them, of course, because they're itchy. So they would be like weeping lymph fluid and like it would get stuck to my clothes. And it was just, it was like my, my body was always damp because I was just like leaking. It was just so inflamed and like so painful. And so finally, I was like, you know, I, I need to cut down on my hours. I need to work less. So I drastically cut down my hours to try to limit the amount of chemicals I'm exposed to. Mm-hmm. And that obviously drastically cut down on my income mm-hmm. because, you know, I was pretty comfortable, but then I was like, yo, my body's not having it. So, mm-hmm. so now I still have a handful of clients, but I'm not taking new clients. So that forced me to relook at Beautiful Media and be like, hey, man, maybe this is the universe telling you that you need to start focusing on this and figuring out what else you want to do, because you refuse to train, you refuse to sell products. And that's what most people in my situation would have done. They would have been like, Oh, you know what? I don't want to lash anymore. So I'm going to start training. There's a lot of money in it, but my body was like, yo, you need to figure something out. If you're not going to do this and you're not going to do that, you need to do something. So the hard part was nobody's ever done what I'm doing in this industry yet. I'm not saying, well, that I know of. Maybe people have, but I just don't know about it. So at the time, anyway, this was a few years ago. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what is this going to even look like? I just like, I had to really be very clear on what my vision was. And it's still evolving now. There's things that there's types of videos that I'm making now that I didn't think of back then. So I figured out that, you know, I need to pump out more videos, but I I need to do it and love it. And I do, luckily, love making videos. I love reporting on events. I love writing articles. I love everything about it. These days, I also do consulting. So some of my product reviews help brands improve their products. And some people don't want to review, they just want to pay me to like, like uh, research and development of their products. So they're like, Hey, this is what we're thinking of doing. Can you look at it and tell me how to improve? So there's things like that. that um, That's cool. It's not, it, yeah, it's kind of like I pull this experience from my entire career and also consulting with competition organizers because, I mean, I'm not saying the first to do something is always the best, but mm-hmm being the first to do lash wars also means that I have more experience than most people in the competition arena. And it gave me more years to kind of tweak, you know, score sheets and rules and things like that. So I also consult for that. So there's, there's a lot of things that I do now that I never thought I would be like speaking at a conference, because I hate public speaking. Mm -hmm. Like, believe it or not, I actually don't like attention. Like I like Mm -hmm. attention when I want it. But Mm -hmm. I don't like a room full of my peers staring at me and expecting me not to stutter because I will stutter. I might swear and it just has to be okay. Right. Right. So, but I feel like if it hadn't been for these health issues, which they are better now that I've down my hours, but they do still flare up. Like I have this one big patch on my back still that I haven't figured out. Like they were like all up my arms even about six months ago, but they started going away. So, but, but I never know when they'll come back somewhere else. So I'm just, I, I'm glad that it has improved to the way it has, but I, but they're still here. So I feel like maybe it's my universe telling me, Hey, you're not quite there yet. You still have to work a little bit harder. So I just love everything I'm doing with videos now. And as much as I love seeing my clients, I really love this new facet of my career. hmm so I mean, I consider I consider that a failure because people might be like, "Wait, that's not really a failure." I feel like it was a failure because I feel like I failed to take care of my body, and so my body failed me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, and then it led and, you
0: down here. So
1: yeah, yeah, and that can happen to anyone if they don't take care of their bodies. Like doing lashes is hard work on our bodies, mm-hmm. and people need to wear a mask. They need to wear gloves. They need to have good ventilation. They have to. Have good posture. Like they need to think about these things before they can't work anymore.
0: Yeah. I love that story. I think that I, I honestly wasn't expecting that, but. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's really cool. Very interesting. It's not one that yeah, I guess, I've ever heard. I guess I hid my rash as well. In some photos, like last year, I was in
1: Mexico for Lash Extravagance. Mm-hmm. It was a conference and competition. And in some of the photos, you can see that my arms are like a little bit red, but you can't tell if it's like oh maybe it's a sunburn yeah. or you know wow. maybe it's just the lighting, but you can tell that I still have the rashes on my arm. And this was last March.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So last question would be just what is your motto or like any quotes that you love or just words that you live by?
1: Okay. Oh, so many, but <laughs> currently a really big one that's been resonating with me is like Gandhi said, you must be the change you want to see in the world. Mm. And I love it so much. It's actually on my Facebook profile banner. And I, I just, I, I use it in, I think it's in my one of my email signatures. Like I just, oh, and for Beauty Pro Box, it's like the tagline is be the change, but it's be like a bumblebee. Yeah, because I really like bees. And a portion of every box sold of beauty Pro box goes towards a bee saving charity. So, so I, mm-hmm. I like how it's kind of tied in and everyone is my hive and like, I have a bee theme going with that. but I love, love saying so much because I feel like it's really easy to criticize others and be like, Oh, they should be doing this better or they should be doing that. But it's really not constructive to think that way. Like, for example, If you hate it that people are getting terrible training out there, then you should be the person that educates people properly. Mm -hmm. If you hate that people undercharge in your area, then you need to teach these people to be more confident and know their value. And you need to charge what your value is yourself. Like Mm -hmm. I personally think, I think that everyone should wear gloves while they're lashing. So I include that in my competition rules, as well as I teach infection control protocols where I say you have to wear gloves and I also wear gloves for all my treatments that I do in, in my studio. Like, it's just, you need to be the change that you want to see. It's easy to be like, Oh, well, that Sally down the street is doing this, this, and this. And just, it's easy to hate on someone for doing something wrong, but like you really need to look at what you're doing and just like be the shining light that people can look to instead of being the one that just hates on everyone. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. That's, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't invent it. I'm not the person that made that up, but it's just something that I really live by.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. And if you're interested in viewing Emily's content, you can do so at beautypromedia.com. You can also sign up for her beauty pro box on her website too. And I'll make sure to link both of those in the show notes as well as her social media handles. I hope you guys all enjoyed the episode and I'll be back very soon for episode 33.